Spring, finally here or what? Not quite? Stay perseverant, you shall overcome. Amen. Well, we've been talking about uh, living as overcomers in this world, church. And I want you to grasp the concept of where I want to go with our church over the next season. We spent from uh, the beginning of the new year until just a few weeks ago, we talked about the essential church. And what we were talking about is that Jesus Christ is essential. What we did was we laid a foundation and saying all of the finished work of Jesus Christ is the foundation that we are now to build our lives upon. The forgiveness of sins, the adoption into the kingdom of God, uh, by faith, we do all these incredible things that we build our lives upon. And then you and I are called to live as overcomers in this world. We're not called to be weak. We're called to be strong. We're called to be faith-filled. We're called to be powerful. And, uh, and so we talked last week about the fact that we're, we're called to be overcoming accusation. And uh, I want to bring it up because it, it kind of is the foundation of, of what I'm building upon today. And uh, we talked about the fact that, you know, the devil in eternity would be accusing the brothers day and night, the Bible says. Day and night he's accusing the brothers. And what was he accusing us of? He was accusing us of sin. He was accusing us of our shortcomings. He was accusing us when we violated and broke the law of God. And it, you, we, were, we were in big trouble because every accusation was based on the fact that we had done this thing wrong. But when Jesus Christ came, he paid the price for your shortcomings and mine. He literally leveled the devil's accusations and he said, I'm taking all of sin upon myself so that all the accusations now fall on the cross and no longer on the people of God. And so your accusations are removed, church. Amen? This is, this is your relationship with God. This is who you are in Christ. And uh, you need to grasp that because now you can build your life upon that truth. But remember the devil, he's the accuser of the brethren, of the brethren and sister. And so uh, when he was cast down to earth, guess what he kept doing? accusing. <laughs> he kept accusing you to yourself. Anybody ever had that? You're a failure, you're no good, you're, you're terrible, you're all these things, these voices that are speaking to you. That's the, the enemy trying to tear you down. He wants to accuse you or he wants others to accuse you for him. Well, look what they're doing. Look at how bad they are. Look at what they think. And, and there's accusations coming at us from other people. Sometimes we're the ones speaking accusations against others. Or he accuses God. God isn't really good. God isn't really doing enough. And so we get in this accusation, and we found out we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So when the devil accuses us, what we do is we stand on God's word, and we make declarations of who we are in Christ and whose we are, and we push back the enemy. Amen? So we don't live as accusers. I'm, I don't want to do the devil's work. I don't want to live in accusation. And so this is one of the things I wanted you to grasp. When we try to fight the devil in his playing field, he's the you know, prince and p power of this air and this world. When we try to fight him in that level, we, we're going to get creamed every time. But when we stand in Christ, we are Teflon. We are untouchable. And one of the ways we found out if we're standing in the world or if we're standing in Christ is the devil tries to get us to wear his clothing. Now, I want you, this is one of the coolest thoughts I'm going to give you today. Ready for this? The devil does not go around making people afraid. He's not like, eh, fear, fear, fear. That's not the truth. 
I want you to understand the devil himself is clothed in fear. He is so terrified of God that when he comes around you, you feel fear. And so he wants you to wear that clothing. But do you know the other thing he's clothed in? We found out last week he's clothed in fury. He's so angry. He so hates what God loves. And guess what God loves? You. And so his whole game plan is to clothe you in fear or clothe you in fury, but you are not of that kingdom. You are of the kingdom of God. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, and God is saying, why don't you wear the clothing of the kingdom, the clothing of peace, the clothing of joy, the clothing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what you get to clothe yourself in, and you're saying, man, I love it. This is what I want to do. This is who I am. I'm not going to fight the devil on his ground. I'm going to fight and live in the kingdom of God. Amen? And so that's the foundation of what we built upon from last week. This week, I want to talk about overcoming opinions. In other words, what's God's opinion about my opinion? <laughs> what's God's opinion about your opinions? How do we live as overcomers in this world full of people with opinions that may agree or vehemently disagree with us? Because I can tell you there are times throughout the history of the church when opinions would come to divide a church and God gives us incredible counsel from his word as to how to live in these moments. And that's what we're going to look at today. Amen? Amen? So Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your holy presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Father, that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive and respond. Lord, hold up your word as a mirror today, Holy Spirit. And reveal to me where I'm trying to trump your opinion with my opinions. And help me to live in submission to your opinion, Lord. Because you are good, you are good, and you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 When I get you to say amen, it means you agree and you want to hear the word of the Lord. So, amen. 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 Oh, <laughs> Okay, so I, as I was preparing for this message, I was highly encouraged, and I was encouraged by the weirdest thing. What encouraged me was as I looked at church history, and I, what would encourage me is I realized all throughout the history of the church, there's been people with opinions. As a matter of fact, I, I didn't even, I, I could have went into the Old Testament and found so many stories, but I just kind of looked at the New Testament and just the churches and how many times the Apostle Paul, or the person writing the book of the New Testament, had to deal with opinions. And it was crazy. It was like most of the New Testament churches had a section in their, in their liturgy or in their book that they were having to deal with these issues. Now, I'm not talking about black and white issues. Those are pretty clear. I'm talking about the gray issues, where it's not clearly laid out in the Scriptures how do we live in these realms where opinions, people have them, okay? This is what we're talking about. So the book of Galatians, uh, the church in Galatia, they're the first ones Paul speaks to, and he's like, he asks them a very interesting question. He says to them, what has happened to all of your joy? See, what he was saying is you're not living in the kingdom right now, you guys. You're getting in fights about opinions and it's robbing your joy. Remember I told you you can be clothed in the kingdom of God or clothed in the devil's clothing? They had lost their joy. And so the apostle Paul calls them back to the revelation. You are arguing about incidentals rather than the essentials. 
and it's stealing and robbing your joy. So he speaks to the church in Galatia. He speaks to the Thessalonians. Now the Thessalonians, if any, any Bible scholar will tell you, this is, the, this is like the consummate perfect church. This church is awesome in every way, but how many of you know they still had opinions? So this is hilarious. This one's really funny. These guys were so convinced that Jesus was coming in their lifetime that a whole group of them decided to stop working. They just thought, we're going to live off the other people. We're just going to hang out at church and wait for the return of Christ. Why work? Sounds familiar. I have an opinion about that, but I'm not going to share it. Anyway, so you follow what I'm saying? So these guys are basically like sitting around. What are you doing? I'm waiting for the return of Christ. Seriously? Go to work. And they have to address it. Apostle Paul basically has to come up with this thing. And he says, okay, here's the, here's the new rule in the church. If you don't work, you don't eat. How many want a job? Right? So it wasn't that there wasn't work. They just decided they weren't going to work. So then the church in, in Colossians, he, they had an argument and he had to speak about the importance of Christian unity. The church in Philippi, this one's crazy. There was two women in the church and these were powerful women. They were powerful leaders in the church of Philippi. They were godly women. They, were both, they both had opinions. But their opinions were so strong and so opposite that they literally began to divide the church. Half the church was with, with Judea and half the church was with, with, with Syntyche. And, and Paul wasn't condemning either one of them. He's just saying, you guys, you're missing the point. You're getting hung up on opinions. And it's dividing the church. The church in Corinth, these guys were so messed up, you guys. Thank God for Corinth because, wow. I mean, these guys start suing one another. They have arguments. I won't even go into all the issues. You can look it up yourself. It's crazy. Um, they start deciding, I'm not going to church because so-and-so is preaching today, and he's not my favorite. They start to pick their favorite pastors and preachers. They don't go to church when this one's preaching because he's not as good-looking as Peter. But that, I, don't, I like Pastor Greg, but man, Peter is so good-looking. I just like to look at him and stare at him when he's preaching. Anyway, you understand they were having this division in the church. I mean, it was crazy. They, they would show up for communion. This happened in their church. Some people were bringing a banquet and they were getting drunk on wine, waiting to have communion with the rest of the believers while other people were starving. So Paul has to address this church in Corinth. And this is what he says to them. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. You guys are so carnal. <laughs> I mean, guys, I want you to understand how, how deeply... These divisions came into this church, these opinions. He had to write a second book. Second Corinthians deals with all the problems he created by trying to fix the first problems in First Corinthians. How many of you know we are in good shape? <laughs> I was just like, God, thank you that this has been the pattern in the church. I think I see it. Where there is people, there are opinions. Amen? And so we get that. We see that. We understand that and we say, thank you, Jesus. And so we're going to be in Romans 14 because guess what? The church in Rome had opinions. They were having an argument about diet and holy days. And so let me explain it to you and then I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to go through the 14th chapter of, of the book of Romans. So uh, what was happening was there was an argument in the church about food that had been sacrificed to uh, deities. So get what happens, a bunch of cattle are coming in on a ship and uh, they dock in the port in Rome and they're uh, unloading the cattle 
and, uh, and they would dedicate the cattle to the god Poseidon. Or they'd say, thank you, Poseidon, for a safe journey. We dedicate these cows to you. And then you go to the butcher shop in Rome, and there would be a little statue of Poseidon, whom the butcher shop's meat has been dedicated to. And so the Christians said, well, you can't eat that meat. It's been dedicated to Poseidon. And other Christians said, you're crazy. As long as I receive it with thanksgiving, all things are pure to those who love Jesus. And so this fight breaks out. Are you following what I'm saying? In the church about meat sacrificed to idols. And, and then they started arguing about holy days. You know, Sunday's the holy day. No, no, Saturday's the holy day. No, 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 any day's equal. And so there's this argument going, the Apostle Paul is speaking to this in this church. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen to what he says now here. Romans 14, verse 2. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables and the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything remember god has welcomed him and taken him in as a partner guys i want you to understand how crazy this is this is but again maybe you're that person so forgive me if i'm pointing you out here after this message it's 1203 now you're like i'm so hungry pastor preached way too long um let's go for chinese we'll take it home and we're going to go for Chinese. I'm going to say Chinese at least six or seven times to really support the local economy because you're going to buy Chinese by the end of this message. So you go into the Chinese food, local Chinese food store, and you go in with another believer, and you're talking about the message Pastor Greg just preached. Well, I didn't agree with this, or I agree with that. Well, it was okay, blah, blah, blah. I would rather Peter was preaching. You know, all those different things that you talk about after the message is over. And so you go in, and you're walking in, and you're so excited. You smell the Chinese. It hits you. Oh, man, well, this is so good. You're walking in, and you're walking the counter, and the guy behind you, the other Christian, he stops dead in his tracks. Whoa, 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 he says, whoa. You're like, what's the problem? He's like, there's a Buddha at the entrance here. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably Buddhists. They make really good Chinese food. That's why we're here. <laughs> Christians don't make great Chinese. No, I'm just saying. I mean, you know. <laughs> so the one Christian's like, dude, you can't eat here. This is like, this is a Buddha. This restaurant's dedicated to Buddha. What are you talking about? I'm a believer. I'm, I have, I'm an overcomer. Like, I, I don't live in subjection to those things. I, I'm okay. And the two get in a fight in the Chinese food restaurant, and you just go around them and order whatever you want. But anyway, are you following what I'm saying? This is what's going on here. As crazy as that sounds, this is what's happening. Opinions are dividing. How many of you know all throughout history of church, opinions have come in? And particularly, guys, just listen to me, in times of crisis, opinions will come in and try to rule what's going on. I've been around long enough to see many opinions on incidentals that try to take us off of the essentials. Um, how about preference in musical style? Opinion. Uh, drinking alcohol or abstaining? Frankly, it's opinion. Uh, getting drunk is not opinion. That's very clear in the Bible, don't do that. Uh, but that's an opinion. Um, which version of the Bible to use? People ask me, what do you preach from? I preach from every version. I'm, I'm an equal opportunity non-offender. I just love every version of the Bible. I do. 
Passion is one of the ones I'm using a lot lately. Uh, you hear me preach out of the message, the New Living, the NIV. Occasionally, I'll even throw in a King James just to make everybody happy, but it's very hard for me. Why? It's because I'm not apt at reading King James English. So it's, I remember preaching at a conference, and a guy pulled me inside and said, you, can't, you need to preach out of the King James. You can't preach out of these other versions. I was very immature at that time. I'm just going to tell you. So I preached a whole message about which Bible version doesn't really matter what you use. It's that you focus on Jesus. He didn't talk to me after that. Okay, anyway. So anyway, I, guys, just understand, this has been the history of, our, our, of who we are. We're part of a group of people that all have opinions. Every one of us do. I remember reading a story about uh, Charles Spurgeon and Joseph Parker. Charles Spurgeon was a great preacher in English, and so was jo- in England during the Victorian era, so the late, early 1800s. And these guys had massive churches. As a matter of fact, Charles Spurgeon had probably one of the largest churches in England at that time. Well over 25,000 people attended his church. And they, these two would exchange pulpits until one day Spurgeon got upset with Parker. And this is what the being upset was over. He accused Parker of being unspiritual for attending the theater in England. So they get in this fight. It begins to divide these two men of God who have these two great churches. Now, this is the funniest part of the story to me. Spurgeon smoked. <laughs> he smoked pipe tobacco. So he'd be like, I don't think you should be going to the theater. What kind of man of God are you? <laughs> Do you understand? This is a problem. Now, this is what's really, really funny about this story. Spurgeon later is walking down the street a few, maybe a week later, two weeks later, a month later, whatever it is. He looks in the tobacco shop and he sees his can of his favorite tobacco now has a picture of his face on it. You know, there was no, you you didn't have to ask permission. It was good enough for Spurgeon, it's good enough for you. Spurgeon's tobacco. You're like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't be smoking. So Spurgeon just changed. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Opinions have been around and pulling on us. And so when it comes to questionable matters, here's the question. Cannot dedicated believers disagree without being disagreeable? Right? Here we are. How do we navigate in the midst of our swelling opinions well, the Word of God that we're going to look at today, God's opinion about our opinions. The word opinion literally means this, a view or judgment formed about something not primarily based or necessarily based on fact or knowledge. That's just what it means. So Jesus starts off in this Romans 14 where opinions are raging and he starts off by clarifying something, and you can read it for yourself, verses 4 to 12. This is what is that you're going to read about. Jesus is Lord and judge. So let me read a portion of it, Romans 4, 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. I just gave you a snippet of that past package, but you can read all those verses, and I want you to tell you what you're going to learn. Eight times Jesus is called Lord from verse 4 to verse 12. Jesus is Lord of the church. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's speaking to people who think that their opinion 
triumphs God's opinion. And he's saying, you are not the Lord of the church, and as a matter of fact, you are going to stand before the judge who is Christ one day and give an account for how you've managed your life and your opinions. Amen? And so this is what's happening. He's calling, he's saying, guys, what are you doing judging one another? Like, don't go there. Don't live there. You all have varying opinions. And by the way, I'm not picking on an opinion right now, guys. I'm just telling you, listen to me, your opinions cannot rule you, they are your servants. The minute an opinion rules you, you're out of order. If you're trumping God's opinion with your opinion, you're out of order. So we just know that, we understand that. Now, that's not to be heavy-handed, I'm just telling you that's the way it is. Don't get offended. We all have opinions. We're in a time in history where opinions are strong right now, church. How do we manage through a global pandemic or fake pandemic, depending on your opinion? <laughs> this is the truth, guys. Like, come on now. Do we wear a mask or not wear a mask? There's mask opinions, there's non-mask opinions. Guys, that's just the truth. Get ready. Pastor Greg, get ready. I'm stealing myself for the wave that's about to hit me. Here it is. Vaccinate or don't vaccinate. And there are so many opinions, guys. I phone my doctor friends. I spent 45 minutes on the phone with two of my doctor friends. They have, very, they have differing opinions. I'm like, I am a hooped. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. You're like utterly convinced this is good, and you're utterly telling me, whoa, 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 back, just hang on there. You need, a few more things need to be proved up. <gasps> what do I do? You understand? They're both men of God. They're both Christians. They're both awesome servants of the Lord. They both have opinions. Okay, let me just put that out there. That's enough of that. That's crazy. Don't get offended. Here's Jesus. You know, it's okay to have strong opinions, guys. Just don't let him hold you. You can hold an opinion. Just don't let it hold you. Here's how Jesus clarifies everything, guys, for me. Luke eleven thirty five. 35. Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out. You do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. Your version may say it this way. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. When your opinion trumps God's word, the light within you is darkness. That's what he's saying. And, and so we just need to grasp that. We need to understand that. I love the book of Revelations, church. The book of Revelation, there's this cool picture. God's sitting on the throne, which is the place of position of authority. He's the judge. He's the Lord. The, the throne room of God is there. And incredibly, there's this beautiful picture. The Bible says that a circle, a rainbow encircles the throne, literally surrounds the throne. Are you following me? Now, that's a picture of something, you guys. It's a picture that the revelation of God is complete and full. That's what that's saying. And so you and I, at best, at best, we see half a rainbow. Do you understand? There's a whole bunch of stuff. And usually we see a quarter or a third or a sliver of a rainbow. We only have a little bit of revelation. God is saying, guys, be humble. Understand, you only see part of this. You don't see the whole thing. And so we need to grasp that. This is what Jesus is trying to tell us. And I love this scripture in 1 Corinthians 8. It says this, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. 
in the midst of opinions coming at us in every way. And, 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 and you know, when we say, you know what, I'm not going to exalt my opinion over God. I'm going to serve others in love. I'm going to love others. God says, man, I pay attention to that guy. Look at him. He's loving people right now. Whoo! That guy's got an opinion, but man, he's not letting it rule him. <laughs> Amen? He's loving people. That's beautiful. So how can we disagree on non-essentials and still maintain unity in the church? Here it is, first thing, chapter 14, verse 1, and you can go all the way to 15, verse 7. These, this word is literally the bookends of teaching on what to do during opinion times. Romans 14, 1, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. Offer an open hand of fellowship and welcome every believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. Romans 14, the message. Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see the things the way you do. Don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even if it seems they are strong on opinions and weak in the faith department, remember they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Thank God for his word, amen. How do I live in this time when the, wor the world's gone crazy? The word accept is the word that's both found in 14.1 and back in 15.7, which says accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring glory to God. That's what Romans 15.7. So these bookends and all the teaching in the middle, the bookends say accept one another, which means to take someone into yourself. Admit them into friendship and hospitality. In other words, I am concerned about what concerns you. I will defer to you. I'm going to do all kinds of things to help you because I understand I'm to love you. And, and, and that word hospitality, church, is not a weak word. It's not like go for a piece of pie and then talk about them afterwards. This is what the word means. And, and, and we don't get it. In Middle Eastern hospitality that Jesus is speaking of in this word, there's a great movie, and I don't recommend you watch it. Don't come back and say, Pastor, that movie was terrifying. Why would you tell me to watch it? I didn't tell you to watch it. I just like war movies, and I watched the movie. It's called Lone, Lone Survivor. It's a true story. Don't watch this movie. Pastor Greg did not tell you to watch this movie because you're going to really, it's war. Bad. Okay? A U.S. Naval uh, SEAL team goes behind enemy lines to do some surveillance. They get caught. They're ensuing battle with the Taliban. Three of the members or four of the members are killed. One is severely wounded and gets out, and he goes to a, a Afghani village where they take him in, and because of their code of hospitality, which is called Pashtawali, they just say, no, no, this guy's our guest. We brought him into our village, and they began to defend him as one of their own. Literally, the Taliban come and attack the village to try and get at this guy, and they defend him with their lives. It's a crazy story. It's a picture of what Jesus is talking about here. Though they didn't understand, politically they didn't agree with the U.S. They didn't agree with their intervention, but because they chose to bring this man in, because he, he, they said, we are going to practice Pashtawali, we are covering this guy, you can't touch him. What a picture that we're being called to in acceptance. Are we grasping that, church? That's an incredible thing. I love this statement I love it, St. Augustine, because remember, all throughout church history, there's been opinions. Here's what St. Augustine said about it. 
In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. The word charity means love. Amen? He's saying love each other, you guys. Live in unity. In the non-essentials, just live in unity. But be liberal with each other. Understand you're going to have different opinions. It's all good. God in acceptance sustains us. Therefore, we're to do the same despite our differing opinions. Here's a question that I hate. I hate this question, but I'm going to ask you it anyway. Here we go. Are we weak or strong when our opinions hold us? Are you a strong person when you have a strong opinion? And I'm not letting that opinion go, or are you a weak person? Just leave that out there. You figure that out. So here's what we do. Now we read the Word of God. We're saying accept one another. So what we do is we form our two camps. And let me just, for the sake of argument of what's happening even in our own worlds today, uh, let's say you got the vaccinators here and the non-vaccinators here. Now we got the two camps, and the, and the vaccinators are saying, oh, they're so foolish, I can't believe that they didn't get a vaccine. And the non-vaccinators are saying, they're so crazy, they're probably going to grow a third eye. Like, this is insane. <laughs> and they look at each other and they smile because Pastor Greg said, love one another. <laughs> but they have this camp, are you following me? There's two camps that have been formed, are you following what I'm saying? And if only God's word stopped there, we could just form our little camps and then just stay in our camp and forget about everybody else. But the word of God, unfortunately, goes on and he says this, love one another. It's not enough just to accept each other. You have to love one another. You know, when it says in the Bible that they will know that you are my believers, my followers, by your love for one another, that doesn't mean that we always get along. It doesn't mean that our opinions are the same. It means in spite of differing opinions, I'm going to love you. Now, I'm not going to preach a lot on this other than to just read the Bible. Read what it says in Romans 14. I was thinking about how do I get through all this. So I'm just going to give you a section of it. Number one is if you're going to love somebody, you need to defer to them. Here's what it is. Stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determine to never deliberately cause a brother or sister to stumble and fall because of your actions. If your brother or sister is offended because you insist on eating what you want, holding your opinion over theirs, it is no longer love that rules your conduct. Why would you wound someone for whom the Messiah gave his life just so you can eat whatever you want? Dang. Now, the good news is you can still eat the Chinese food. We're going to find that out in a minute. Just keep it between yourself. Don't take that brother with you when you go for the Chinese food. It actually tells you that. It's okay to eat the Chinese, but don't rub it in his face. Don't post pictures of Facebook where you're rubbing and eating the meat, the slow motion pictures. Don't do that. Okay, amen? I just want you to get a picture in your mind. You're all going for Chinese after this. I've said it seven times now. Here we go. Encourage one another. Romans 14. It says, though, make it your top priority to live a life at peace and harmony with your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Church, we all need courage right now. The world's crazy. We're all saying, what is going on? Like, what is happening? I get it, guys. I have opinions on both sides of the equation. I'm with you. But the God, Bible says, speak courage to each other. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Hold each other up. That's what you're called to do. Amen? Live in harmony with one another. And, and I love this. I'm going to read from the Ephesians chapter 4. This won't come up on the screen, but it's, just, it, 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 it's kind of augmenting what I'm saying about harmony. It says, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially to those, your, those who may try your patience. 
Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you by the bonds of peace, being that you are one body, one spirit, you're called to one hope, one faith, one divine destiny. Gentleness means power in submission. It means though I have an opinion, I subject that opinion to hold you up. Do you follow what that's saying? It's not saying that your opinion's wrong and mine's right. It's just saying we have differing opinions, but we're going to love one another. How many of you know the devil doesn't want that, guys? He wants the church to fight the way the world's fighting right now. We can't go there. We can't live there. You know, I love this. The bond of peace, church, uh, the word is in the Greek is the word ligament. It's not ligament in the Greek, but that's what it means. It's the word ligament. Between two bones, when they're, when they're put together, there's a ligament that holds them in place. Are you following me? And Jesus Christ is the ligament of peace. And what's happening when we have varying opinions, they begin, that, that ligament begins to strain, trying to keep us together. Are you following me? And it's like, oh, I want my way, I want my way, I want my way. And God's like, oh, come back. Stay in tune. Stay lined up, guys. Stay lined up. You're together in this. Don't fight one another. The ligament of peace is holding us together. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm telling you, Jesus is strained right now in this world trying to hold things together. Church, I'm going to tell you, and I, I'm just going to step out of my message for a moment. Nothing, nothing is heavier for a pastor than when he is trying to pull two pieces of the body of Christ together. There is no greater strain on ministry than when you are trying to cause two people with varying opinions to say, guys, just please, let's stay together in unity. Let's stay together in peace. And I'm not trying to condemn one or the other. I'm just saying it's the truth. I've had the heaviest two weeks of my life as your pastor trying to form these messages in a way that honors every member of each side and says, guys, let's come together and live in unity. Okay, here's the good news for you Chinese food eaters. Learn to speak and learn when to be silent. Stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinion. It's wrong to deliberately cause someone to be offended over what you eat. I love this. Keep the convictions you have about these matters between yourself and God and don't impose them upon others. You'll be happy when you don't judge yourself in doing what your conscience approves. Keep it to yourself, man. Now, I'm not saying that you can't talk about your opinion. That's not what they're saying. But I'm saying don't fight somebody and try to get them to buy into your opinion. Just say, you know, I, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And I know there's varying opinions about vaccines. I get it. But my research, you know, you can talk about your opinion. That's okay. Your opinion's not invalid, guys. Here's my research, and there's the things that I, you know, what are you thinking about? What do you, what do you think? And when they say, I think you're nuts and you're stunned and you should get a vaccine, you know, well, I'm, I get that you think I'm nuts and I'm stunned. But I have to love you right now. Sometimes it's just best not to talk about it and just go for Chinese food. <laughs> Eight times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's the thing, right? Guys, you affect one another. You just need to know that. It's not just a Facebook post. It affects people. You either build them up or you tear them down. 
You remove stumbling blocks or you create them. You speak in ways that create unity or in ways that create division. Guys, we know this stuff. This is basic, right? I mean, if you're a parent and your child comes to you and says, I'm terrified of the monsters in the closet, mommy, because I watched Monsters, Inc., and I know there's monsters in the closet now. And you as a parent, you could go to them and shame them for their foolish opinion. There is not monsters in that. Where did you get that idea? How foolish of you to even think that way. You're grounded. Now, none of you would do that. I, ho I hope not. If you are, then my wife would like to talk to you because she will defend your child. The point is you would sit down on the bed with the child and you'd say, you know what, I, honey, it's okay. Let's open the closet. There's nothing in there. See, it's okay to have that. I know you're scared. Let's turn the nightlight on. Mommy's going to pray for you. We're going to put a big angel by your door. We're going to believe God. Is that okay? Yes, mommy. Wasn't that what God is saying to us as fellow believers? You guys, why are you arguing with each other? If that person is so, has such a strong opinion, just help them. Love them. You might not change their mind. But that's okay. The band's going to come back and we're going to finish. But I want to center us back to the main thought of this entire passage in Romans 14. It says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, about masks and not masks, about vaccines and non-vaccines. It's in my version, sorry. But is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Serving the anointed one by walking in the kingdom realities pleases God and earns the respect of others. Church, you are overcomers. Amen? I want to preach to the overcomers from this church from now on. I want to just strengthen you every day so you can get up and go to work and say, man, what is wrong with you? I'm just full of the life of God. I'm full of peace. I'm full of joy. I'm full of righteousness. I am full of justice. I want to live for this world. I want to intercede for this world. People need to know that God is for them and not against them. I don't want to have a fight about your masks or about your vaccines. I don't care. Do your research. Make your choice. I love you whichever way you go. Amen? Amen? And so this is what we're doing. We're members of the kingdom of God. We're fully free to accept one another, love one another, encourage one another, live in harmony with one another, live in mutual submission, in edification, building one another up. This is who we are. This is whose we are. We're members of the body of Christ. We are more than conquerors. Amen? We're overcomers, guys. This is the stuff we want to live for. I posted this on my Facebook wall with a beautiful picture of Italy, which I can't visit, but that's okay. I'll just look at the picture. It says, summing it up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and you'll also get a blessing. That's a fridge magnet right there, guys. Come on now, amen? <laughs> We're going to sing this song right now. We're going to sing it with a new attitude. We're going to put our opinions in our hands before God, and we're going to say, God, your opinion rules over my opinion, amen? God, you trump all things. You are the Lord. You are the judge. I stand with you. I stand together in victory, Lord God, amen? 
And you know what, guys? I'm going to tell you that last, that last verse, verse chapter 15, verse 7, where it says, accept one another for when you do this, you do it to the glory of God. You want to bring the glory of God in this world? Guys, this is what this verse is saying. Learn to live in love. Learn to live in acceptance. Learn to live together in the midst of varying opinions. One of you is not wrong. One of you is not right. We're just together with Christ. Amen? Let's stand to our feet and we're going to sing this song right now. To the glory of God. I want you to open your hands to the Holy Spirit and say, God, I'm placing in my hands my opinions, God. I pray that you place your opinions over those things, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Pastor Tyler, lead us right now. Thank you, God. I'm laying down my life. I'm giving up control. I'm never looking back. I surrender all. For your glory on the earth. This passion in my heart, this stirring in my soul, to see the nations bow, for all the world to know. I'm living for your glory on the earth. Come on now, let's sing it, Jesus. Hallelujah. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire. picture and I want to tell you what it showed me. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God came on him like a dove? You know why there was nothing to burn up in him? No controversy. Totally in submission to the will and the wonder and the glory of God. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what's the picture? Fire. <laughs> why? Because there's stuff to burn up in me. There's stuff to get rid of in my life, in my attitudes, in my opinions. There's stuff to be consumed by the glory of God so that the world will know the goodness and the grace and the power and the peace of Christ. Amen? So you're placing it in your hands and you're saying, God, light it up. Woo! Come on, Jesus. Let's go for it, man. Let's live as the overcomers. Now can we sing that right now? Come on. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. 
light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Like a fire in me, light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, like a fire in me. Come on now, church. I love you. I love you with a supernatural love. You drive me crazy sometimes, but I love you. Amen? And I know I drive you crazy too, So, but you have to love me. Amen? Let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a hand clap today. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, come on. Pastor Tyler's going to sing us on out of here. We're going to sing this song. You can go and grab a coffee. You can go for Chinese food. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs>